it's time for the church to be the church. Can I get an amen? It's just time. It's time. What time is it? It's springtime. What time is it, church? It's time to spring what? Four. Don't forget your clocks. Now, now we, you know, we got technology. I like to call it hecknology because sometimes it doesn't work. You're like, what the heck? Hecknology. Well, for some of us, we got the technology that just updates itself. But a year ago, Brad was going to be preaching and the whole thing changed. And so I picked some of my favorite pastors and asked them to encourage us about heart for the house offering. So I want you to look at the screens right now. This is my pastor. This is my friend. This is my brother. This is my warrior in arms right here. Pastor Brad White. Check out the screens. Here we go. Church, man, I am so excited to get to speak to you today and encourage you to jump in, I mean all in, on this expansion offering for the future of your church. I mean, Stephanie and I absolutely love your pastors, Tim and Stephanie, and we believe in Momentum Church, and we believe that you're at a pivotal moment in time right now. That's right. You can never outgive God. You can never give more to him out the front door that he won't bring it in through the back door. So I encourage you to say, Lord, with what you've given us, Yes. What you put in our hands, what do you want us to give? This is your moment. I believe in you, and the best is yet to be. Isn't that so good? I'm excited. Who's excited about Heart for the House? Let's go. I'm so excited. The 24th and the 25th of April, we're having a Heart for the House offering. Now, We're in this series, and the series is called Springtime. And we're talking about, man, it is springtime. How many of you been sneezing? Anyone been sneezing a little bit and the pollen and everything? But man, don't you love this weather? Isn't this awesome? It is refreshing, man. What a blessing. Got to see some of our friends uh, even last night, man, eating outside, short sleeve shirt. It is gorgeous. Aren't you glad that you live here? I'm so glad that we live here. You know, God created us to worship him. He created us to worship him. And if you're here, this message today, this message is for God's house. This is for God's church. This is for those who say, I'm a believer. Do we have any believers in the house? Now, I understand not everyone watching online, not everyone here may be a believer, and that's okay. You don't have to be like us to be loved by us. We're going to love you just the way you are. And you know, that's the thing about Jesus that I love is that Jesus loved people that were nothing like him and people that were nothing like Jesus loved Jesus and they wanted to be by Jesus. They wanted to be with Jesus because Jesus, man, he would speak the truth, but he always spoke the truth in love and grace always preceded truth. And so I just want you to know today, as I bring this message, I just want you to know this message is in love to our church. You guys are faithful, man. You guys are faithful. And I know we got faithful ones that are watching online. And I I, I count it my highest privilege to be called by God, to be trusted with the word of God and to minister to the people of God in the house of God. I, I count it my highest privilege and honor. I really, truly do, because God not only saved me by his grace, but he 
called me by the same grace. I didn't deserve any of it. I'm just like you. And then Jesus changed our life, didn't he? I want to get into this message. The message is called Bloom. It's called Bloom. And I titled the message Bloom because there's nothing better, right, than when the flowers begin to bloom. Tulips, those are my favorites. I like roses too. Tulips, man, they're just beautiful flowers. And you know, when it blooms, you get to see the beauty that God made. Are you with me? But you don't get to see all of it until it blooms. And I would say today that there may be some people here today, and the truth is, you know God is good, but, but you haven't really tasted all that goodness. We ate at Global Grill last night. I tasted some goodness. You know what I'm talking about. I mean, that place is smacking your mama good. Sorry, mom. It's like put it on top of your head. Your tongue will beat your brains out trying to get to it. That type of good. I'm telling you, I've never been so tempted to pick up my plate and lick it. And I'm like, I probably shouldn't do that here. But it was so delicious. Let me tell you what's better in Global Grill. God is better. God's goodness is better. His mercy is better. His love is better. His grace is better. His mercy is better. His patience and long, I'm telling you, is so good. And here is a truth that I believe that the church needs to open up to. But for far too long, the church has not bloomed. The church has not blossomed in this one area. And so I'm going to give you a lot of truth today. And so if you like truth, you're going to be set free. Because what I want you to know is that God wants your finances to change. Someone say change. If you could go, if you, if you could go, if someone bought you a ticket to sit in a room and there was a panel of multimillionaires that were going to teach you how to better your business, how to advance your finances, would you want to go to that? Would you want to learn from those that are maybe ahead of you, anybody? Do you want to do that? Right? Anyone here, would you like to learn how God can bless your finances? Anyone? I'm just curious. If not, I'm going to turn around and I'm going to preach it to the screen. The message that I'm going to talk about today is just that. So let's get into it. Let's jump into it. Bloom. Here we go. Ready? The question is, can God be trusted? We say on our money, I got a dollar bill right here. We say on our money, in God we trust. It's on our currency. In God we trust. Say it with me. In God we trust. Whether you're a believer or you're not a believer, your currency says in God we trust. Now, what's crazy is there are people that believe nothing. I mean, they do not believe in God. There are people who don't love God. There are people who hate God. There are people who refuse God, say no to God, all that kind of stuff. And, 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 and today, I'm not even talking about them. Today, I'm talking to those of us that say we love God. If you love God, stand up. Would you stand up? Stand up real quick. Please stand up. Would you stand up? Here we go. All right, you love God. Awesome. Okay, good. You can be seated. All right, good. All right. Now, the question is, do you trust God? Now, don't stand on this one. But do you trust him? And specifically, do you trust God with your finances? Do you trust him with your finances? 
on the back right here, in God we trust. That's the question. The question is, can God be trusted? What I want you to know, here's the truth, is that what God has for you is so much greater, it's so much bigger than what God asks from you. What God has for you is so much bigger, so much better than what God asks from you. What if the little boy would not have given his lunch to the Lord? You remember the lad, the lunch, and the Lord, right? And, and either Jesus is a liar, a lunatic, or he's the Lord. And, and when we say he's our Lord, what we're saying is he's our master. Anyone old enough here to remember He-Man? Anybody? You remember that? Master of the universe. We couldn't watch that show till we went to our grandfather's and our cousin came over. They were allowed to watch it. And we just kind of snuck in, you know? I mean, that was just kind of snuck in there and watch He-Man. Master of the universe. Well, I want to tell you, there is one who is master of the universe. He is Lord of the universe. He is he is Lord of heaven's angel armies. Like they know who he is. They know his name. In fact, the demons know who he is and the demons tremble. He is not a Lord. He's not small caps Lord. He is all caps. He is all caps. He is L-O-R-D. And when I give my life to Jesus, I ask him to become my Lord and my Savior. Now, here's the problem. The problem is a lot of us want him to be our Savior, but we really don't want him to be our Lord. Because if he's our Lord, then we're not the Lord. And that's why a lot of Christians have not surrendered, have not submitted to the principle I'm going to teach today. Good people, amazing people. People of God, people that are in the house of God, people that are faithful to the house of God, people that serve in the house of God, people that come to the nights of worship, people that raise their hands, people that just love God, people that lead community groups. There's this one area that for some reason we listen to the devil more than we'll listen to God. You know why? Because we don't trust him. We don't trust him. Anyone ever driving and your spouse beside you is really the one driving? (laughs) You too? (laughs) Today, Steph and I were driving and uh, Steph was, oh, she's just jumping all over the place. I mean, if she had a brake and a steering wheel and an accelerator, she'd she'd been driving the car. And I I finally was like, babe, you got to let me drive. Like you trust me or you don't. You know what I'm saying? Now I'm just teasing because we laugh about it. We got a great marriage. I know, I know, like, I don't deserve Stephanie. Yes. And amen. By the way, Stephanie was not the one that said amen. That was our friend Kristen. If you're watching online, you're like, oh, poor pastor. His wife... We, we can have fun at church, right? Let, let, me, let me show you something. That we are laughing about this, but the truth is, right? A lot of wrecks on the bridge, a lot of craziness, a lot of people passing, and all of a sudden, our anxiety goes, right? And you take something like the last year, 
and our anxiety can go. And we have to realize, wait a second, who's in the driver's seat? And do I trust them? You see what I'm saying? We didn't have a fight. We weren't ugly. We kind of laughed about it because I've done the same thing too, right? But the truth is, if God is your Lord, then you're not in the driver's seat. Most of us want to be in the driver's seat. Most of us, most of us, we want to get in the driver's seat. Oh man, it's fun to be in the driver's seat. And we want to live our best life ever. I don't want to live my best life ever. Now, some of you are like, oh, okay, that's where I lost you. No, no, listen to me. I don't want to just live like my best life ever, like the plans I have for me. Because at the end of the day, I can only see what's in front of me. God sees everything around me. I want to live his best life for me ever. That's what I want to live. There's a difference. There's one where I'm in the driver's seat and there's another one where I'm just happy like, Jesus, take the will. Remember when that song came out? I was like, they should do a rendition, like a remix to that. It's like, Jesus, let go of the will. I got the will. And for some reason, that's where we often struggle when it comes to our finances. And you wonder why you can't get ahead. And you wonder why you struggle. And you wonder why you live paycheck to paycheck. And you wonder why it seems to be so hard. Like you just can't get ahead. What if I told you, what if I told you that the enemy wants your finances to be cursed? What if, what if I told you that Jesus wants your finances to be blessed? He wants your finances to be blessed. Doesn't matter what you do for a living. Doesn't matter how much money you have in the bank. You know, what we give to Jesus, he blesses it. Sometimes he has to break it. He blesses it. And then what he blesses, he multiplies. And we want the multiplication, but we don't want to let go. We want the multiplication, but we don't want the breaking my bad habit. We want the multiplication, but we want him to tell us ahead of time. And sometimes he's just like, you going to trust me or not? So the question is, do you trust him? And if you don't, will you? Right? And I always thought it's interesting that as Christians, we trust him with our eternity. I mean, we go to funerals, been to a few myself. We go to funerals and we have something that non believers don't have. We have a hope. We know that this life isn't it. We know that there's more to this life, there's more than just the 70, 80, hopefully 90 years on this planet. I mean, just read Ecclesiastes. God's got something bigger than the pain that you're living in. God's got something better than that for you. And we trust him with that. We trust him with our eternity. We trust with our salvation. And the truth is, if you're here and don't know Jesus, Jesus knows you. He knows everything about you and he loves you and he loves you so much. He would rather take the hit than you take the hit. And that's why we sang the song we sang. 
That's what Jesus did. Jesus said, I know you're a sinner. I've seen everything you've done and I'm gonna pay your price. And I'm gonna give you my goodness, my forgiveness, right? And we love that and we trust him with that. that. Is there anything bigger than that? But for some reason, there's a spirit on money called mammon and we won't trust God with our money. We can be convicted and if we're not careful, we stay put. We stay put in the area that says, I will not be moved. And I'm telling you, you are missing out because God has so much more. The one who spoke this world into eternity cares about your little bank account. And I don't care how big it is to God, it ain't that big. But to God, it is a big deal because he knows the plans he has for you to give you a hope and to give you a future. In fact, scripture says that the Lord is pleased by prospering his kids. So today, Gavin had a birthday party. We spent a couple hundred dollars on Gavin's birthday party. We went to the jump house, man. I'm telling you, we had how many kids we have? Nine boys. Man, we had nine boys. I felt like a student pastor again. It was crazy. Anyway, I'm telling you, man, they're jump, they're having a blast, they're having so much fun. It was awesome. And what Gavin doesn't understand, as much fun as he had today, there's a whole lot more where that came from, where that came from. There's a heart and hearts that planned his fun and it pleased us. We were taking pictures. We were taking videos. We're like, oh, this is so good, man. We were having a blast. And if an earthly father feels that way, do you not believe for a minute that your heavenly father doesn't? Are you with me? I mean, for some of us, can we just have, can we just go to, I mean, that ought to be an aha moment. And I know, I know that people don't tithe for several reasons. They don't tithe because they don't trust. And sometimes not just trusting God, it's, it's trusting the church, our pastor, I went to this one church and crazy happened. I get it. I get it. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I think oftentimes it's because people are in debt. And when they look at their budget or they look at their bills, they don't have any margin. And therefore God's church doesn't have any margin. And so God's church can't do all that God's heart wants it to do. Are you with me? So would you dream with me? What if, what if God's people decided to do it God's way? What if God's people moved from unbelief to belief? What if? I mean, it only takes the faith of a child. Just the faith of a child. And yet we got big boy bills, don't we? We do. And I understand how important money is, but let me tell you something. If God can trust you with it, you can get it. If God can trust you with it, 
you can get it. In other words, if God can get it through you, God has no problem getting it to you. He really, truly doesn't. In fact, when I read the Bible, I read the Bible and I read about a bunch of people that had a lot of money and used it for the honor and the glory of God. And it doesn't mean that they just gave it all to church. No, no, listen, God um, not only has the ability to bless you with finances, but God has something even greater than that. God has the ability to bless you with the opportunity to enjoy it. Scripture says for many of those that just want to be rich, they are pierced with many sorrows. And scripture also says that the love of money is the root of all evil. Do you realize that's what's at the core of sex trafficking is money? Slavery? Abuse? The root of that is lust. And that lust is the same spirit that will keep you as a Bible-believing, Jesus-following, non-tither. Because either you can serve God or you serve mammon. And Jesus said, you can't serve them both. Here's what I want you to know. It's not wrong to have money. It's good to have money. Scripture says it's even better if you got money and wisdom. <laughs> I think that's awesome, right? I mean, because the opposite of that is you could have money and not have wisdom. That's the implication, right? I mean, isn't, wasn't that the prodigal son? Yeah. He got his inheritance. He got his wealth that was coming to him, but he didn't have wisdom. And guess where he found himself after he partied hard? Pigpen, Pig broke. But even more than broke, he was broken. He was broken. And I believe with all my heart, as I sit here on the stage, there are people here and you are broke and you are spiritually, excuse me, you are financially broken because you are spiritually disobedient. And as your friend, I just want to tell you, God's got a better way. You never outgive God. Man, today, um, Today, I was driving the church van and um, we, we left um, the trampoline park and went, picked up cookie at a great, what is it? The great American cookie store. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just go to the mall, ask for a double fudge chocolate chip cookie. It'll heal you. And then go run 15 miles and, and uh, yeah, you'll get past those calories. But, but uh, we pick it up and on the way out, on the way out, there's a, there's a man standing there and he's holding a sign. And my heart always goes out to people like that because I, I know without Jesus, that's where I am. And he's standing there and he's saying he's hungry. And he's probably in his 60s. And he has a beautiful beard, man. It's gnarly, it's awesome, it's impressive. And he's hungry. I didn't have any cash, didn't have any water. It's like, like, it's like, God, I really want to give him something. I don't have any cash, you know? Like most of us probably don't carry a lot of cash anymore, right? And the Holy Spirit, as the Holy Spirit will do, he just gives you a little nudge. Kind of like your wife gives you a little nudge. 
Sometimes it's under the table. Sometimes it's in the ribs. He just gave me a nudge. He's like, you're going to Wendy's? Roger that. So I told that man, I said, we're going to Wendy's. I said, what would you like to eat? And I'm not saying this about me. This is not the point. Because every good gift comes from above. That thought came from God because God loves that man. God loves that man. God sees that man. That man is made in the image of Jesus. If I did not have money, I could not be the hands and the feet of Jesus. Money is not wrong. It is the love of money that'll mess you up. So we eat. And then before we leave, one of the boys says, Pastor Tim, did you get that burger? And then we get in the van and we're driving and another one of the boys said, Pastor Tim, did you, did you remember that burger for that man? It's the faith of a child. And I thought, God, don't ever let me get over that. Like, that what touches your heart? Don't ever let me get to the place that what touches your heart doesn't touch mine. And make me like that little child that just wants to be good. You see, you may be here and not believe in God, but can I tell you something? I bet you believe in goodness. I bet that's why you raise money for different stuff. Bet that's why you're part of different organizations that do good. And maybe like, maybe like organized church, religion, pooped on your parade. And you're like, I'm over it, I'm done. Like that, listen, let, me, let me tell you something. There's some people that painted Jesus the wrong way. But whenever you see goodness, the spirit of the Lord is there. Are you with me? So we got to go back and I had promised that man. I said, listen, I said, we got a van full of boys. I said, we're going to go have a birthday party. If you will stay put, I will come back. I'll get you a large Coke, a large fry, and the biggest burger you want. And we came back, he's standing right there. And we got to bless him. Watch this. See, God wants you to be blessed. But some of you are just living stressed. Now, why is that? And do you believe that insanity is doing the same thing and expecting different results. Right. Hmm. You, you know what I'm talking about? Have you ever done that before? Yeah. You wanted, you wished, you just didn't change. Sometimes we gotta change, don't we? Sometimes a little painful when we change, right? But how many of you have ever changed something that was painful in the moment and then you got to the other side where you're like, I am so glad I changed there because now I am here. Anybody? Am I talking to anybody today? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Right? Right? God wants that for your finances. I want to read you a verse. My time's about gone. There are three things I'll talk about this again next week, but God wants you to be blessed so much that he wants you to understand that though the name of the road may change, it's still the same road. Mm, that was good. That was good. Even though the name of the road may change, it's still the same road. 
Think about a road here in Pensacola. Anybody? Huh? There's a couple of them. Bayou, Brent, Michigan, right? It just softly feels, it just keeps changing, but it's the same road. And so if you're giving someone directions and they don't know that it's the same road, you tell them, hey, you just stay on that same road, right? You put it in your phone right there, there it is, and it's changed it, but it's still the same road. God, mm, 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 here we go. God's got a road of blessing and God wants you on it. But guess what, friends? It's a narrow road. You know why? Because people don't trust him. They don't trust him. It's not like the Garson Point Bridge. It's like everybody's on that bridge. Everyone's on that road. No, no, this one doesn't have a lot of traffic because a lot of people haven't taken it because a lot of people haven't trusted him. And if you get on the road, though it has different names, it's still the same road of blessing. Now, I'm going to introduce it, and uh, you have to come back next week to hear a little more of this message. But in the Old Testament, it was the principle of first fruits. In the Old Testament, it was then the principle of the firstborn. And also in the Old and New Testament, it was the principle of the tithe. Same road, different names. Are you tracking with me? You feel me? You with me? Same road, different names. And God wanted his people to be on this road. That's why he told them about the road. And he told them, if you'll get on this road, you will be, someone say, blessed. Anyone want to be blessed? Anyone here believe that God doesn't care about your finances? Anyone here believe God wants you to be poor? Anyone here just believes, believes that, man, God just wants me to be miserable and failing, and that's the will of God? I mean, being poor is spiritual, Pastor Tim. Anyone believe that? Weren't we wired a little different? Well, let's read a verse, and I'm going to pray that the Lord does a deep work in your heart this week. Here we go. Exodus Well, let's go to Genesis, actually. Let's go to Genesis. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift. Anyone remember? This is the brothers. This was like the first tag team wrestling match. Two brothers against mom and dad. Mom and dad against two brothers when they were young. Cain and Abel. Abel also brought a gift, watch this, the best portion of the firstborn lambs from his flock. Now the Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. And this made Cain very angry and he looked dejected. Now remember that story. We're talking about the principle of first fruits. Exodus 23, 19 says, as you harvest your crops, bring the very best of the first harvest to the house of the Lord, your God. My question is, what do we bring? What do we bring? We bring the very, we bring the very best. When do we bring it? Whoever said first, say first now. First. We bring it first. Where do we bring it? To the house. So God gave us a route that's very clear. He told us what to bring, when to bring it, and where 
to bring it. As you harvest your crops. So as you are blessed financially, as you get paid, as you get a check deposited for $1,300 that you may not agree with, but let's use it for God. In fact, I want to speak to that real quick. I know there are people here, like maybe you need that. Like your life like is depending on that. Man, praise God. But if you're here and you're like, man, I don't have to have this. Like that, that's extra. Well, for everyone, I'd encourage you to tithe off of it. For some of you, I'd encourage you to double tithe off of it. For some of you, you may just want to say, man, this one ain't part of the plan. God, I'm going to return it right back to you. And here's what I'd say. If you trust him and if you test him, you know what you're going to find out? That what he said will happen. What did he say? Well, you got to come back next week. You got to come back next week. We're going to talk about it. But normally what most of us do when it comes to money Normally, most of us do this. And you know what? It's hard to get more when your hands are closed. And it's hard to be a blessing to others when your hands are closed. And I believe in this series, springtime, God wants you To bloom. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? God, I just want to say we love you. I just want to say that we need you. We need you. We need you to help us. There are people here right now, God, they are hurting financially. And because you made us, you gave us a manual for living, for life, and for godliness. And it works. And it works every day of every year of every century it works it's a narrow road I pray God that many of us would merge onto this road because we'll never have the margin until we merge we want the margin but we don't want the merge so help us to merge last week we talked about a foundation foundational principle God we talked about that you want us to grow and I would say today God that you want more than that you want us to bloom but the question is will we trust you God move us from lack and scarcity to overflow and abundance. But may we all realize that that door is through obedience. And now, Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on us. Change us. We know your Spirit is in this place. Change us. For those of us that are here and are broken, may we not run from you. May we not curse you. 
may we turn to you, the healer. For those of us that are broke, may we turn to you. May we realize, God, that you are for us. You're not against us. And you came to give us life and to give us life abundance, overflow, more than enough, pressed down, running over. Would you move us from our stubbornness, from our rebellion? Would you move us to trust you so that we can not only be blessed, but we can be a blessing. May we not be like Cain that did it his way and then wondered why he didn't have your favor and your blessing and your anointing. I mean, God, your touch is better than the Midas touch. That's what we need. And God, I just declare in the name of Jesus that there, there's not one bank account here that is dead that cannot be resurrected. But we have to merge. So Holy Spirit, do what only you can do. For those, God, that have been home. For those that have come and been here. I'm talking about Jesus followers. But they have not been obedient I pray they would get in alignment with your spirit now so that they can say, I've been young. And one day they can say, I'm now old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. May they be able to say, I've tasted and I've seen and the Lord is good. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I'm talking to the sinner that's here today. The truth is if you died right now, you do not know where you would spend eternity. If you had a heart attack today, you don't know where you would spend eternity. And maybe you don't believe everything about God. Maybe you're not even sure if there is a God. Maybe you've come to the conclusion there is no God. But can I tell you that there is a God who knows you and loves you and you can't outrun him. He sees you. And here's a great thing about God. He wants you to be safe and secure in his arms. He wants you to know what it's like for your heavenly father to throw a birthday party that you'd never forget. Maybe you're here and the truth is, man, you've been doing it your own way. Maybe you're at the top. Maybe things are good financially, and yet inside, something is still dead. And that song, 
speaks to you, bring me back to life because you thought that job would give you life. You thought that income would give you life. You thought when you got to that certain number in your portfolio, that would give you life and you are still missing something. And what I want to tell you is you're not missing something just in addition to your life. You're actually missing life because Jesus is life. And Jesus came that you could have that life. Jesus didn't die on the cross so you would go to church. He didn't die on the cross so you would be a good boy. He didn't die on the cross so you would just be a good person. Jesus died on the cross because you and I are dead. We are spiritually dead without him. And there's no way that ourselves or anyone else can bring us to life. No one can do that but God because he is the giver of life. And if you don't have him, you don't have life. And that's why you know something deep inside is so screwed up. And if you're hanging on by a thread, I've got really great news. There's hope because hope has a name. Scripture says that all of us, man, we are trapped in a prison of sin and we are waiting judgment. We are literally waiting for the judge, right? You've heard only God can judge me. One day God will judge us if you don't know Jesus. If you have a relationship with Jesus, Jesus was judged for you. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, then because you don't have a relationship with Jesus, then you will be judged by Jesus. That's the facts. God gave us the answers before the test. He gave us the answers before time is over. And he told us that we're in this prison cell of sin and, and there's only one way out. It's Jesus. He's the way. He's the truth and he's the life and no one ever gets out of the prison cell of sin and makes their way to the Father but through him. Jesus. Jesus. Only Jesus. You won't get there because you were good. You won't get there because you went to church. You won't get there because you have a Bible. You won't get there because you were baptized. You won't get there because you knew and you prayed sometimes. You will only get there if the blood of Jesus has washed away your sin. It's the only way you get in is by the blood. That's why we call what's coming up Good Friday. It wasn't good for Jesus. It was good for us because Jesus shed his blood so you and I could be washed whiter than snow. I mean, our sins were present, but because the blood of Jesus, they're cleansed. And I'm curious how many people are watching right now online, and I'm curious how many people are sitting in this auditorium right now, and, and you are no more a Christian than someone who has admitted they're not. And you know you need Jesus. Listen, don't harden your heart. Today is the day of salvation. Today's the day of salvation. May be today is your day. Jesus says, I love you. Listen, I'm gonna tell you this real quick. Jesus died on the cross and he shed his blood. He was beaten, he was spit upon, he was whipped. We're gonna talk about it on Good Friday. You wanna be here, you don't wanna miss it. I promise you, you don't want to miss Good Friday. I'm gonna bring a message I've never brought before. We're gonna have communion and we're gonna realize why it's so holy. But if you're here and you don't know Jesus, 
Don't leave. Don't leave without him. If you're here and you think, man, I've messed up, I've screwed up, I've sinned so many times, there's no way that God could ever forgive me. There's no way God could ever live me. That's the reason he came. And Jesus loves sinners more than anything. My favorite title of Jesus, he's a friend of sinners. If you and I are gonna be like Jesus, we not only gotta know him, we gotta be friends. Jesus, the friend of sinners, they loved him. Anyone here today say, I'm a sinner, Pastor Tim, and I've never accepted Jesus to be my savior. If that's you, would you hold your hand up right now? No one looking around. I really, truly believe today, right here in this gathering, there's someone God is working you over right now. It's called conviction. You might, your hands might be sweating. Your heart might be beating a little quicker. It's called conviction. And God is wooing you. God is drawing you to himself. Don't resist, it's the greatest thing ever. Anyone at all, you say, Pastor Tim, I'm a sinner. I know I'm not a Christian. I'm not a Christian. You just be honest. If that's you, I will not embarrass you, I promise you. But would you just be honest? Would you raise your hand? Hold it up higher. Right now, would you hold it up? Just hold it up. Hold it up high. You're watching online right now. You're like, Pastor Tim, I know I'm not a Christian. Then listen, let's call on him. Because whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. What does it mean to call on the name of the Lord? Well, scripture tells us that it's with our mouth that we confess. What do we confess? We confess we're sinners. We confess he's the savior. He's the Lord, we're not. With a heart, we believe. What do we believe? We believe he died for us. Why? Because he's for us. We believe he bled. Why? Because he's for us. We believe he rose again. Why? Because he's for us. And if you'll confess and believe, game over. You'll be forgiven. So I want to lead us right now in this prayer. And church, I want us to pray this together. And next week, I want us to do more than just pray together. Next week, I want us to bring someone who needs this prayer. Right? We got to break out of the holy huddle. Got to make some friends with sinners. Got to tell them that there's living water because they're thirsty for it and they're dying for it. Can't keep this a secret. Got to get this out. Pray with me. We're talking to Jesus. You're not praying through me. You're not praying to me. We're going live right now to Jesus. Would you say Jesus? That's right. Out loud. Say it loud. Jesus. I'm a sinner. I confess it. You're the Savior. I confess it. I believe you love me. I accept your love and all that comes with it. Thank you for loving me, bleeding for me, dying for me, and rising again. I give you my life. I receive your life. Please teach me how to live. You know, if you just prayed that, look up. If you just prayed that, Heaven's thrown a party and you're the reason for it because you just passed from death to life. All your sins, past, present, future. Watch this, forgiven. Some of you say, Pastor Tim, why do you always focus at the end of every message? Why do you always focus on the cross? You know why? Because that's the focus. That's our focus.
That's our hope. And it's a hope that this world needs. Man, if you just receive that hope, we'd like to ask you to raise your hand. We're gonna clap for you. We're not gonna embarrass you. Nothing crazy. We're almost through. Man, we just uh, know that God wins. And every time the devil loses one, God gains one, we celebrate that stuff. So if you did that, would you have a few seconds of courage? Just gonna ask you to hold your hand up high. Don't be shy. Don't do this thing. Just hold it up high. We're gonna clap. And then Stephanie's gonna come close us out. I truly believe in my spirit that today there are people that pass from death to life. If that was you, we wanna celebrate with you. If you're watching online, would you text us? Text us, Jesus made me new. Text us to 850-296-7344. 850-296-7344. Jesus made me new. If you're here in the house, raise your hand on the count of three. We're gonna clap for you. If we're gonna celebrate, this isn't a golf clap. This is like, no, we're joining heaven and we're not gonna lag behind. We're gonna level up to heaven celebration on the count of three. One, hold it up high. Text us, Jesus made me new. Two, three, right now. Do you hold it up? That's right. Yes, hold it up. 